to the Cincy Reformed Podcast. Pastor Zach with you this week. And this week I'd like to spend a little bit of time reflecting upon a document that our church confesses, uh, and one that has been um, quite influential well beyond the uh, Reformed churches and beyond the Dutch Reformed churches. However, it's a document that has also been eclipsed, you could say, and to some degree forgotten. And that document is called the Canons of Dort. Now, when I say cannons, I'm not talking about the kind that you find on a pirate ship, but rather cannons as a rule of faith. This uh, document comes to us from the early 17th century, uh, 1618 and 1619, in the um, city of Dortrecht in the Netherlands. And in in that uh, city, there was a synod called, a synod is an ecclesiastical uh, meeting, and that synod of Dort produced the canons of Dort, And these have then uh, become uh, very important for our own churches, but also, like I said, influential well beyond our boundaries. And so today I'd like to uh, spend a little bit of time on that. And uh, what I want to encourage you today um, in terms of what to do is to simply read the Canons of Dort. Uh, If you call yourself a Calvinist and have not already uh, read them, then you should definitely, uh, certainly do it. If you've uh, read them before, you also should return to them at some point soon and uh, read them once again. And if you just heard the term Calvinist and cringed, like so many in the Cincinnati region, then you of all people need to read the document, even if you don't end up agreeing with it on the other end. To clarify, I'm using the term Calvinist according to its popular modern usage, as someone who embraces the acronym TULIP, Total Depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Let me begin my, um, my plea, my exhortation, with those who hear Calvinism and immediately recoil. Especially in Baptist circles in these parts, whether it's Southern Baptist, Fundamental Baptist, or the Restorationist movement, the Calvinist moniker is for them often at the very pinnacle of heresy alongside Roman Catholicism. We actually had one Baptist preacher send us repeated messages in order to tell us over and over that we were heretics because we believed in the sovereignty of God's saving grace. And this way of thinking has filtered its way down into the pews as fire and brimstone Baptists inculcate fear into their congregations against the evils of so-called Calvinism. But as I've learned, one major flaw is that the congregation is rarely told what Calvinists teach with any sort of accuracy. In my 10 years in Cincinnati, its most vitriolic of opponents have never explained it accurately. And so those congregants that are supposed to reject it are rejecting a misrepresentation that the actual Calvinist would also reject. If you want to hear it from the horse's mouth instead of from the donkey's, then you should pick up the Canons of Dort and read it. This is the original statement of the Reformed Churches on the matter of God's sovereignty in salvation. It is over 400 years old, and you will see that it uses great care 
with its language in order to avoid many of the caricatures that are ascribed to it most often. For example, it doesn't say that the atonement is limited. That word isn't found within the entire document. It doesn't say that we are tasked with figuring out who is elect or who is not. It does not say that you can just say the sinner's prayer and then go live however you want, once saved, always saved, not at all. It doesn't caution against the widespread preaching of the gospel. Instead, it says over and over that the church is mandated to preach the gospel to anyone and everyone. So why should the person who recoils at the name Calvinist read the Canons of Dort? In order that you can have an accurate understanding of it before you reject the genuine thing. You don't want to reject fool's gold and then think that you hate gold. But why should a self-described Calvinist read the Canons of Dort? They, after all, already agree with it, right? Well, maybe, and maybe not. It's hard to know whether you actually understand the doctrines of grace if you haven't engaged with the original document, but have relied on popular-level teachers. I personally was instructed in these doctrines by a number of Baptist preachers and teachers, like John Piper, Wayne Grudem, Tom Schreiner, and Mark Driscoll. But then, later on, when I finally read the Canons of Dort, I felt like I was moving from analog television to high definition. Some of the caricatures I had imbibed from, a couple of them, were then corrected. Here are just some of the things that you will discover if you would describe yourself as a Calvinist, but have not yet read the Canons of Dort. You'll see first that the five points are not arranged according to Tulip, and they aren't listed in five points. Instead, there are four sections of doctrine called Heads of Doctrine, and each section has numerous articles of faith, for a total of 59 articles. This is then supplemented by four sections called Rejection of Errors. In other words, they not only state what they believe, but they also reject what they don't believe, in order that there's no misunderstanding. Second, you will discover that these doctrines are rooted in the Reformed churches, not in celebrity preachers. They emerged from the early 17th century Netherlands and were discussed, debated, and formulated by the Reformed churches who had delegates at that synod, from the Dutch representatives, the British, the Germans, and the Italians. The French Reformed tried to send delegates, but they were prevented in the end. That's another story for another time. Third, you should read these because you will see that the Canons of Dort were not an attempt to summarize Reformed theology, but they were a defense of the Reformed confessions that were already in existence for many decades. In our day, TULIP has been used as shorthand for Reformed, but none of the delegates to the Synod of Dort would have recognized that approach. Their Reformed churches long predated the Synod of Dort and the Canons of Dort, they were simply trying to guard their confessions and congregations that had been in existence for nearly a hundred years. And they were doing this from the lies and from the attacks of the followers of Jacob Arminius, who had been dead for a number of years already. 
And so I would encourage a self-described Calvinist to read the Canons of Dort to develop a more mature perspective on the doctrines of grace and one that is informed of the, by the actual background and substance of these articles as they were originally understood. Finally, if you have read the Canons of Dort in the past, why might it be time to refresh yourself in these truths? Well, for one, the Canons of Dort are very precise, but also pastoral. And this is so helpful to us when we are engaging with people who are given caricatures, straw men. They will teach you to carefully navigate through and identify the unbiblical conclusions that some people are taught and tempted to draw from the doctrines of God's sovereignty. For example, how should we speak about human responsibility? The Canons of Dort will give you the language for doing so and avoiding the, the uh, ditches on either side. How will you speak about the value of Christ's atonement and of its efficacy? How will you describe election and then the asymmetry that exists with the doctrine of reprobation? We can all benefit from more precise and pastoral language. This benefits ourselves, and it especially is beneficial for others. And the canons provide us with that. Another reason to dust off your copy is to be reinvigorated in the calling to participate in the spread of the gospel. Throughout the Canons of Dort, we are reminded and encouraged to take the gospel to the nations. The doctrines of grace encourage rather than discourage this. Additionally, these articles offer you great comfort in your Christian life. The Heidelberg Catechism is rightly called a book of comfort, but the canons of Dort arise from the same ecclesiastical tradition that so values Christian comfort, and this concern for comfort also pervades the canons of Dort. They want to make sure that you rest in Christ alone and find comfort in him. They want to make sure that Christians know how we ought to think about covenant children who are lost in early years, whether from the womb or shortly after birth or in the years before they are able to make a mature profession of faith. You should be comforted in the fact that they are with Christ. The canons want you to hear about God's gracious election and to be settled in Christ rather than unsettled by the teaching of God's sovereignty. So the, these um, articles are worth reading. You may find comfort, just like the Heidelberg Catechism, and the Belgian Confession, for that matter, uh, also encourage Christian comfort. Finally, you will be blessed to reread these articles because they are a biblical summary that presents us with a high view of God that is taught in Holy Scripture. We are so often given an impoverished version of God, one that hardly resembles the God of the Bible. Our sinful hearts often lead us in that direction. But the same God who descended upon Sinai in flame, cloud, and earthquake is the same God who lives and reigns today. By returning to the canons of Dort, you are likely to have your view of God corrected, according to Scripture, by being exalted to behold the transcendent God who lives. There are a few resources that I would recommend for going deeper, in addition to a reread. The book Crisis in the Reformed Churches 
is a classic and worthy of your time. Uh, two books that were recently published are also very worth owning and reading. First, Saving the Reformation by W. Robert Godfrey, and second, Grace Worth Fighting For by Daniel Hyde. There is also a wonderful little children's book with beautiful illustrations. It's by Bill Bookestein or William Bookestein called The Glory of Grace. These titles will be listed in the show notes page. I thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Sensory Reform Podcast. Please, again, be encouraged to go back to the Canons of Dort and to read those for yourself. I hope you join us next week for next week's episode. And again, this uh, podcast is um, sponsored by Westside Reform Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thanks again.